Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Welcome to church again. Apparently I missed an epic Sunday last Sunday. Was that true? I didn't miss much? Okay, that's good then. That's good. (laughs) I heard all the praise reports about it, and how cool is it to see God just doing something new and something fresh in our church? Pretty cool, eh? I got to spend a bit of this week with Pastor Don, and he was was all amped up after the weekend, so that was pretty cool. Um, I want to speak to you tonight on this topic that I've titled this message, Bring Christ Closer. Bring Christ Closer. Uh, While I was away, I went to the bookshop, and I purchased a new book. It's not really a new book. Uh, it's just the Gospel of Matthew. Have you ever tried just reading the Scripture differently? Have you tried that? I don't know, but my old Bible sometimes gets so marked and so sort of scribbled on that I breeze over things because I know that bit and I know where this is on the page and all this sort of stuff. So while I was away, I just brought a new, fresh Gospel of Matthew. And as I started to read it, I was blown away by what I read in the genealogy. Has anyone ever read the genealogy as much? Greg loves it. I can see that you would love that, Greg. You're probably the one of only two people in this room that would genuinely love that. Um, but I was in, encouraged as I was reading it. Can I read it with you? Matthew chapter 1, verse 12 says this. And after they were b- brought to Babylon... Any, anyone want to have a go at that name? Sorry, what's that? Jeconia, is that what we're saying with? Begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Does Zerubbabel sound familiar to anyone? As I was reading the genealogy of Christ, I was blown away because we've been studying the book of Haggai lately, as you may have noticed. Has anyone noticed that? No, you haven't. (laughs) You're like, not another Haggai message, slats, come on. But this Zerubbabel guy pops up from the book of Haggai in the lineage of Christ. Is there a greater claim to fame than to be part of bringing Christ into the earth? Like, this is a pretty high status. That's a pretty humble brag. Would you agree? I was the father of 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 Christ. That's a pretty cool, humble brag. Zerubbabel. I don't think there's a greater compliment, a more prestigious status. So let's have a look at Haggai now and let's see how Zerubbabel pops into the story. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet and to the prophet. Come on, we're going to have to do better than that. To the prophet Zerubbabel. To the prophet. The son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the people say, the time has not come uh, that the time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the is that right? Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, "It is time. Is it time for yourselves to dwell in paneled homes and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts: Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink, you drink but are not." filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm, and you earn wages um, earn wages to put in a bag with holes. Thus say the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, bring down the wood, and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, 
says the Lord. Zerubbabel. I just want to take a moment to focus on this guy's Zerubbabel tonight, and I'm going to be quick. Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the first generation that was born in exile and got to live back in Jerusalem. Interesting, eh? Um, he was the first generation that got to be back in, in uh, Jerusalem. He was born in exile. He was born conquered. He was born defeated. And um, it's a bit like us. We're born in exile. This world is not as God intended it. Do you understand that? The simplest way to say it is that we're born outside the garden, outside the place that he had for us. We are born in a world that is less than favorable or less than the perfect intention that God had at the start. We're outside the garden. Like us, he was born into sin. Sin being defined as anything but God's best for our life. He was from Jerusalem, genealogy-wise, but he found himself born in Babylon. We're born into sin. But have we returned to Jerusalem? Have we returned to the promise or are we still living as though we were in exile? How are we going to live? You see, some of our trials, they either wipe us out or they give birth to hope. I guess it's our choice to make. Are we playing our part to bring Jesus into the world? We could say it this way, and it's a very youth way to say it, but that we should be in the world, but not of it. The people that went to Babylon had to make a decision that when they come back, would the Babylon stay in them, or would they live under a new rule and a new kingdom? Babylon's a crazy place. As I'm preparing another message before this, and I'm so excited about that one, so stay tuned when that comes. But when I think about Babylon, do you know what I think about? I think about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that they were trained in the ways of Babylon, that it was this empire that was built on self. How do we know that? Nebuchadnezzar built a statue of who? His God, himself. And it's like the world that we find ourselves in today where we're obsessed with self and they come out of this selfish system and they come back and God says, hey, it's not good for you to stay selfish and keep building your own house. It's time for you to build my house. The battle that we fight isn't against a superpower called Babylon. It's a superpower called self. Babylon is a picture of me. (laughs) It's a picture of you. And as Christians in 2022, we need to get out of exile because we're not living there anymore. We're only there by choice, not by location. Can I encourage you? The war has been won. It's been won. And we can keep living like King Neb, where we're so focused on self and we're building our own homes, our own empires, our own careers, or we can live as these people in Haggai's day that had the word of the Lord and said, hey, no, 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 it's not good for my house to lie in ruins and for yours to be glorious. And they, they did something about it. They acted. So this message is called Bring Christ Closer. How can we bring Christ closer? I've got... Four things, I think. I do have four things. Four ways that we can be a part of his family business. Are you ready? Number one, we need ears to hear. This week I purchased some new headphones because I was away last week. No, wait up. Friday, yeah, no, I was away this week. Is today a new week? I'm confused. (laughs) Friday morning I brought some new headphones because I left my old headphones in the hotel that we're staying in. Who hates doing that? Does anyone do things like that? But this one I'll stoke because I got noise-canceling headphones. Has anyone had those? 
It's like, this is awesome. Kim, I apologize in advance. Kids, I apologize in advance, but when I'm listening to music or like my audio books or I'm watching YouTube, like I literally cannot hear you. And I love that. It's so good. That would work on Scotty too, Charlene, if you're wondering. But what I noticed about Zerubbabel, the first thing is he had ears to hear the voice of God. Why was it him? Man, I think our, one of our biggest things we need to overcome is distraction. There is so much content going on. There's so many things to watch. Seriously, every night I lose myself in a YouTube rabbit hole. Does anyone else do that? Like, and I'm watching some random in the States mow a lawn for his neighbor for free who's got, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? There's got to be more than watching people do lawn renovations on YouTube. When was the last time we had that quiet stillness or we gave ourselves room enough to hear the voice of God afresh? Like, distraction is dangerous. It's like we're so busy. We're like that hamster on the wheel. We just keep running, just keep running, and just keep running, or just keep swimming for the younger generation, the Dory thing. We just keep swimming, not realizing that it's in those quiet moments that we hear the voice of God. We need ears to hear. And just like my noise-canceling headphones, some of us, we need to cancel the noise that's happening all around us. It's like the church, sometimes as Christians, we get more pulled into a political point of view than to hearing the voice of God and, and getting back to the basics, like spending quiet time with God, reading our word, allowing us to hear the voice of God afresh. Can I encourage us? Get quiet. Find a place and seek God. And trust me, he will speak. He'll speak. Number two, firstly, we need ears to hear. Number two, we need willing obedience. I love the idea of hearing from God. That's awesome. That's great. That's exciting. That's like, woohoo! Obedience, who? That's not fun, is it? It's not a great message. You see, Zerubbabel and Haggai, they got this message from God, but they had a decision. Were they going to be obedient to it? Or were they going to continue to live as Babylon's? In Jerusalem, were they going to continue to build their own homes and their own lives and their own empires, or are they going to be concerned about the kingdom of God? James says this, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourself. We have so much content, more content than ever that we have in our ears all the time. What about if we stopped getting more content and acted on what we already had? There's an obedience that needs to come. And it's not a popular message, obedience these days, because we think that we are the highest truth and, and what, what, is, what we need or what we desire or what we want is what we need to chase. But I'm challenging us that there's a church that needs to rise up and say, no, 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 God, your will be done. God, God your will be done. This is not a new message. This is the same message that was preached for literally thousands of years, church. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, meaning turn from the way of self. Turn from living like a Babylonian in Ormo and start to live for Christ. Stop seeking self and start seeking his kingdom to come here. I can't be in the lineage of Christ. He has come. Thank God for that. But you know what I can be? I can be in the lineage of Christ in our day. 
We can be a part of the family of Christ today, bringing Christ into our world, into your workplace, into your home today. The third thing we need is eyes of faith. In Haggai 2, 3, it says this, Who is left among you who saw the temple in its former glory? Who is among you that saw the temple in its former glory? Like I said, Zerubbabel was born in exile. He hadn't seen the temple beforehand. Not in his lifetime had he seen the temple in all the glory that Solomon built it in. He hadn't seen it. Church, we need eyes of faith. We need to stop taking things as though they are and start to say, hey, God, how do you see the world? How, how do you see the world, God? Give me eyes to see again. I'm not happy just accepting whatever's happening around. I'm not happy with our culture cancelling the past. I'm not happy with that anymore. I'm going to see what you say, God, and I'm going to start to walk and live according to that pattern and build according to that blueprint. Can we get eyes of faith? What do you see? Do we spend a whole time looking at how things are? Or do we look at how things could be? You know kids, how they just sort of, nothing's too hard. Like they don't understand money. They don't understand time. They don't understand work. Have you hung out with kids? If not, hang out with Jethro. He's seven, my son. Like, or honey, she's two. Like it's, they have a different worldview because like, you know, Jethro like is upset because I didn't have time to play tennis with him today. It's like, buddy, like Sundays are a little bit of a big day. I haven't written my message for tonight yet. I need to do that this afternoon, you know, and I'm trying to explain to him. I'm just coming from church. I'm a bit tired. I need some lunch. I need to do this. He's like, but dad, Nana lent us tennis rackets. We need to use the tennis. Like, buddy, like they just have this faith that like everything is possible. And you know what? I don't want to stop it. Obviously, life will do a good job of that. But in my life, I want faith for more than just what I've got right now. I want eyes of faith to see. I don't want it just to be Don McDonnell. When he comes to highway, then we have God move. Are you happy with that? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but he hasn't been in a long time because of the borders. We can't wait that long between drinks, can we? Like, seriously. No, no, no. I have eyes of faith to see how things could be not I'm not just accepting how they are. Can I encourage you to dream again? Kids are great at dreaming. Kids are great at dreaming. I told Jethro he can quit swimming when he makes it to the Olympics. <laughs> he, he believed me for about a year. Then he goes, wait up. <laughs> Comes back to me. How long is it going to take me to get to the Olympics? <laughs> and I'm like, your whole life. <laughs> Lol. Have eyes of faith, church. Believe for more. I'm done just accepting the culture of the day. Because I'm not in Babylon anymore. I've been born again. That's what Zerubbabel had to do. He was born in Babylon. I was born in this world. No, 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 I had to be born again. I'm not living under Babylon's kingdom. I'm not living under an earthly kingdom anymore, but I'm living under a heavenly kingdom because I've been born again. I've been grafted into the family of Christ. And I see the world differently right now. Have you seen the difference between someone that came from poverty or someone that came from a really affluent family? Have you noticed the difference? That one finds it so much easier to dream for more because they never want it. And yet the other one has got this work ethic that will work and work and work. And it's like if the two could become one, 
and we stopped getting entitled for the affluent one and we had the work ethic of the, 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 the poorer one. We could have this vision, but also the work ethic to get it done. In our faith, we need vision for the future. We need eyes to see. We need that obedience that's not afraid to roll up our sleeves and do some hard work. And number four, we need this spirit of enthusiasm. I know we've talked about this a lot, but why don't we have it yet? It's like, yeah, it'll preach well. I don't know how long we've been preaching it for, six months. Have we got it yet? I don't think we do. I don't think we've seen the glimpse. I think we've only seen glimpses of what God wants to do in us. I'm done being apathetic. Are you? I spoke about this when I was like a late teenager. It was cool to be apathetic. It's like a whole emo movement. Anyone can relate? That was cool. Guess what? It's not anymore. We have a generation that's grew up and they've never been bullied. <laughs> like, seriously. How crazy is that? Like, Jethro, like, I talked to my son, and he's seven, like I said, and, like, the worst thing you could be is a bully. I'm like, wow, this, times have changed. <laughs> I bully my kid more than school does these days, I feel like. <laughs> it's a new world, isn't it? But I need a spirit of enthusiasm. So the Lord, let's read Haggai 1.14. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. Do you know what? This enthusiasm is not just for Pastor Byron and Pastor Ann and Pastor David and Claire at Gilston. No, 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 it's not. It's for the whole remnant. It's for those that remain. If you're here, then this enthusiasm is for you. This is for all of us, this enthusiasm. And we need to be done with apathy and we need to be more enthusiastic than self. Have you noticed that you don't seem to find it hard to be enthusiastic about yourself? Like, I texted Kim the other night. I'm like, babe, I need some chocolate. Can you bring some chocolate home when you come? I was super enthusiastic about it. She even stopped at the shop just to get some, didn't you, babe? Just to get some chocolate. She stopped at the shop just to get some chocolate to bring home. What a beautiful woman right there. Um, I'm going off script here, by the way. I am, thank you. Hopefully it results in more chocolate. But, um, but it's not hard to be enthusiastic about something that we want. Like, we go out of our way to do things that we want all the time. Maybe we don't want it enough. Maybe we like the idea of it. Oh, yeah, spirit of enthusiasm, that's awesome. Which kind of translates as, I'll pray a prayer, you do all the work, God, and I'll come back next week. No, no, it doesn't look like that. A spirit of enthusiasm looks like the people slaving their butts off to rebuild the temple So, because that was their meeting place with God. That This was so instrumental. The Old Testament temple, you've got to understand, it was the place that you met with God and they slaved their butts off to build the temple so that the people could encounter God. Enthusiasm looks like work. Enthusiasm looks like a decision. It doesn't look like praying a prayer and then leaving the same. No, no, it looks like a daily decision. God, I'm passionate about your kingdom. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Every morning, God, today, through me, somehow, I want to bring you closer to this earth. 
God, I want to be part of your lineage, not physically, but spiritually in this place today. God, how can I play my part to bring you here? Let's pray. God, right now in this moment, God, I just pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about would encourage us to live afresh for you. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would leave the flesh or our selfish desires behind and you would stir up the enthusiasm that you have for each one of us. God, I thank you, Lord, that the spirit that you've given us, God, isn't one of depression. God, it isn't one of laziness. God, it isn't one of doubt. God, it isn't one of apathy, but God, it's one of enthusiasm, I pray. And Holy Spirit, would you just encourage your church to bring you closer? God, I pray, Lord, that we would leave today carrying you with us. God, that your presence would be so evident in our lives. And God, we would bring you closer to everyone we come in contact with this week. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Poppy. Why don't you come? Thanks, church. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.